0: Okay, good morning, everybody. It's Tony Fleming. This is our eight AM book club call. We do this call at every Saturday morning at eight AM Eastern. And on this call, we talk about a particular book we call it the book of the moment, not the book of the month, the book of the moment. And uh, because we go over, man, we we've, we've been reading this book for probably what two and a half months now. Uh, Brene Brown's book called Dare to Lead. Guess it's about two and a half, maybe two months. So we're not one of those 30 day in uh groups. So that's why we call it the book of the moment. So we're still in that moment, but today will be the last day of that moment. Actually going to wrap it up today. I probably would carry this book over next week uh, with our mindset calls and kind of talk a little bit about it before uh, we come out with a, with the other book, but next Saturday, but the new book uh, that we're going to have is actually a new old book. It's a, it's a book that, uh, man, I read, boy, I had to be probably uh, 28, 29 years old. So that's about five years ago, huh? Uh, <laughs> no, but when I first read this book, um, it just literally just, you know, I'm looking at it now and just looking at everything. It's like I highlighted the whole page, all the pages in the book. I'm just highlighting, 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 highlighting. And what's what's so crazy about it is that, you know, those principles in the book, I mean, I kind of I followed for a long time, and then I kind of got off track from it because I let life situations and people dealing with people kind of distract me and, and, you know, throw me off my square from believing some of the stuff that was there, you know, uh, which means I kind of let my environment of listening to people kind of throw me off track. So as I, as I was kind of flipping back through the book a few days back, you know, I'm thinking, wow, I remember when I first started reading this book, you know, what it did for me. And uh, hopefully for those who haven't read it or you're going to reread it, hope it hopefully it will do those things for you also. Um, but the book is called The Magic of Believing uh, by Claude Bristol. And um, you know there's a number of those books out there with well, different covers because I know somebody going to hit me up and say, well, which one is you know, you know they he probably changed the cover on the books uh, maybe five or six times or three or four times at least. So I can't tell you which one. You just get get the book. Now I can tell you this: do not get the orange one, the little small orange, the, the little small red one with the orange dot. So if you see that when you Google in the book call "The Magic of Believing." Do not get that one. <laughs> you say, why? Because that was the, the original version. That's the one I had. And I'm going to tell you, the writing in it is so small. But I had 28-year-old eyes at that time. <laughs> so <laughs> if you look at it now, I'm like, how did I read this? I mean, the writing is so small in there. So if you see the, the red one with the orange dot on it, uh that's the original one i wouldn't get that one <laughs> if i were you i mean you can if you want to um but i noticed that you know when i googled i saw a lot of different covers of the magic of believing and maybe it might be some of them might be an updated version where they might have a few words changed in it so you know we can't you know we can't line up with you know everybody having this, the same exact book now cuz you know it's like Two thousand five hundred different Bibles out here now, right? <laughs> Which Bible are you reading from? I, I remember <laughs> I was sitting with uh, a few pastors out in LA. We were in LA uh, at a convention one time at a restaurant, <laughs> and one of them, uh, before he ordered his food, he said, "Which." which version of the Bible do you read from? He asked a couple of them, and they told him. He said, okay, I'm good then. So when the waiter came over, he said, I need two tall glasses of wine. (laughs) and You can add a little bourbon with that, too, or something, he said. So depends on what version you're reading. (laughs) Well, what he said, (laughs) I don't have no problem drinking in front of y'all guys. But uh, (laughs) it's amazing how I can still remember that. And that was that had to be two thousand seven. We was at a convention in uh in Hollywood. Actually, that's where the convention was in L.A. And uh, no, it was in. Well, it was in it was in L.A., but we were staying in Hollywood. But uh, I forgot exactly wherever Disney World Disneyland is. That's where the convention was. <laughs> All right, but look, book club. We we load this on the podcast platform. It's not a podcast. It's not a book club podcast, but it's on 16 different podcast platforms, so you can go back and listen to them. Uh, Listen to the replay, take notes, and apply the information. Repetition is the key. That's why we put it on those platforms from Apple to Spotify to Breaker, iTunes. Is it iTunes? Yeah, something like that. (laughs) So we're on 16 different ones. If you put Tony Fleming in and Mindset, it'll come up. Uh, Or if you just you know, lack the skills to get to podcasts. You know, some people are like, I don't even know how to do that. Send me a text, 678-644-4541. It's actually my phone number, not the community number. It's actually mine, 678-644-4541, and I'll send you the link to the podcast. And so you have it in your phone, and you can go listen to all of them. It's like it's 275 so far. We're going to have a bunch of them. Now, those are the mindset calls and the book clubs combined, so... You can do that, but um, also the number, replay number to this call, 712-432-1085, 712-432-1085, and you can listen to this call right after today when it ends, and uh, it, the replay will be up until Monday morning around 8 o'clock, and then by that time, this will be on probably podcast platform somewhere. All right. So, let's talk about something today, man. I tell you, um I definitely want like I definitely want to um continue this next week, you know, with the book, even though we're going to wrap up the book club today with this, but I it's a couple of things I want to make sure I go over next week. And so by the time we get to Saturday, um we'll be on wow. You know what? Next Saturday I'm gonna be back in Jamaica um, but I still with the help of uh help of Miss Johnson, I think I think we can still do the book club <laughs> I might can get it done the right way. I don't know, we'll figure it out, but uh yeah, I'll be back there um yeah, it's next Saturday, yeah so but we're gonna actually you know go through this book to the end of the uh to next saturday and um i'm just looking at my calendar here just to make sure to talk to you guys i think that is it yep i got to go back just found that out short notice um i'm looking to make sure yep dang Boy, time really gets by, man. Time waits on no one. You know what I'm saying? It just wait. It doesn't wait on anybody. It just zoom. All right, so y'all ready to go? We're going to talk about what, what I've been saying <laughs> for years and years and years. And uh, I love how Brene Brown says it in this chapter. Um, and, you know, about preparing for hard landings. But that's what we're going to, you know, kind of go through the rest of the week, too. But, uh, all right, one minute, and we're ready to go. Warren Buffett once said, the more you learn, the more you earn. Warren Buffett, one of the wealthiest humans on the planet, is famous for reading more than five hours every day. Bill Gates reads one book per week. Mark Cuban, three hours a day. Oprah, well, she's just obsessed with books. Notice a common theme here? Successful people never stop learning. You're trying to get your freedom. You're trying to learn how to read. You're trying to escape. Uh-uh. It's Saturday and it's 8 a.m., folks.
1: It's that time. Time for the 8 a.m. blog talk book club. Let's go, folks. It's time to stimulate the mind. Time to hear thought-provoking words. When we read, your
0: imagination improves. You become smarter. It reduces the stress. Yes, that's right. It reduces the stress.
2: Let's go, for. All
0: right, all right. Uh, another thing, start texting your people and let them know we're on the book club. You know, inbox them, uh, you them on the on my Facebook page where I got the post of the flyer for the book club. Just kind of, you know, touch bases with some people and let them know we're on. Because I found out last night that this is a person that's been with us for quite a while, didn't know about the book club, <laughs> didn't know about the morning calls. I'm like, huh? You know, so... Hopefully this person is on this morning. If you are, text me and let me know you're on. Hopefully, if you forget, forgot, but I actually uh, sent them the information. I'm thinking, huh? Wow, how you not? We, I mean, I'm like, but then again, I found out that we wasn't actually Facebook friends either, uh, or uh, what do you call that on Instagram? Is that friends too? Whatever so i had to connect with that and uh so but wow so let people know you know send out a text tell them say hey man we on and uh, are you on <laughs> but were you there are you there are you there all right so brene brown says this when we have the courage to walk into our story and own it we get the right to write the ending and when we don't own our stories of failure setbacks and hurt guess what They own us. So she says, we have to teach people how to land before they jump. When you go skydiving, you spend a whole lot of time up front, um, you know, talking about jumping off the ladder and learning how to hit the ground without hurting yourself. I haven't experienced this personally, but I watched. The same is true in leadership. We can't expect people to be brave and risk failure if they're not prepped for hard landing. Boy, if that ain't what I talk about, what we talk about here all the time is that, I see, I try to get you early and prep you for hard landings. I try to get you early and prep you for discouragement. I try, and see, now that's where the dilemma comes in because people don't want to hear that. Well, Tony, that's being negative. Well, Tony, you shouldn't say that. With Tony, no, I'm trying to tell you something that's, that's inevitable that's going to happen. Now, you can get it now. Or you could get it later when it when 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 it hits you in the face and knocks you out the game and you're gone. That's what people say. Well, don't tell them. Just so that's being kind of negative. If you preparing them for hard landings, you know they might not have hard landings. Let me put it this way: the hell, yes, you will have hard landings. You're gonna have a lot of hard landings. It's gonna be a lot of struggle, a lot of headache when you're in business. A lot of negativity you got to deal with and that's what i'm trying to get you mentally strong to deal with that but a lot of folks want to hide their head in the sand and don't think you need to prepare for hard landings that you don't like it you know if you like with tony the only reason it happened because you bring it up you you make it no the reason it happens is because it's called business the reason it happens is because you're dealing with 95 percent of the population that's not in line with what you're doing that's why it happens, and that's why it's going to continue to happen. Now, we can prepare ourselves and get thick-skinned, get hard, get tough, and be ready when that person tells you, you know, like the guy told me when I was working at the Atlanta Journal, get the hell out of my office. Be ready for that kind of stuff when your family members say something to you or somebody, be prepared for the hard land. Be prepared for the tough stuff. Because... By me not saying it doesn't mean it ain't going to happen. I can promise you it's going to happen. Because you're going against the grain. It's going to always happen. So she says one of the most unexpected findings that emerge from leadership research is about the timing of teaching skills for, for rising or, or resilience. Uh, often leaders and executive coaches gather people together and try to teach them resilience skills after. After there's been a setback or failure, you know, after you've been rejected, after you've been hit in the head, now we want to call you in and tell you, well, you know, uh, you know it's going to be hard out there. You know, people going to, because that's what you say, don't, don't Just, just trying to make them just, just just let go with that. Everybody's going to say yes in the beginning. Just go with that. Don't tell them the, neg- the, the negative and all other stuff. So once they get hit in the head, now we're going to bring them back in, and then we're going to tell them. No, you're not, because <laughs> they're going to be gone. You know, they're going to be gone. He said, he said now, now you're trying to teach folks resilience skills after the setback of failure. It, like, it turns out that's like teaching first-time skydivers how to land after they hit the ground, or maybe worse, as they're free-falling. <laughs> As they're coming to the ground, they about to hit this ground hard. Now you're trying to teach them, hey, hey, get ready for it. no. So when you're trying to hide people from what's about to happen to them, because they're dealing with the world that that you know, ninety five percent of people are not in line with that. She says, "Our research, our research shows that leaders." Who are trained in, in uh, rising skills as part of courage building program, are more likely to engage in courageous behaviors because they know how to get back up. Now, how do you learn how to get back up? As you get knocked down, you got to keep learning. You got to keep you, you keep going through that whole process of being rejected, and then you keep doing it. But understand that the fight you come back, you come back to the group and say, man, you know, this is what happened to me. I'm telling you, you know, let's get back up, let's keep going, let's keep going, keep going. That's how you and you read and you hang around people who have gone through that process. She says not having those skills in place is a deterrent to the braver leadership and teaching people how to get up once they're already on the ground is much more difficult. See trying to tell you once your family member members have you know, disabled you, you know, just, just <laughs> taking you apart limb by limb. Now, now it's time to, you know, let's go on and tell them what really going on. No, they ain't trying to hear that now. That's when you, you they're not picking up the phone. You can't reach them. You can't find them. Mm-mm. Well, Tony, you know, uh, their family or their friends might not be like what you said. They might be, different yeah okay there's a chance there's a one percent chance there's a there's a one percent chance they might be different and they might you know but there's a 99 percent chance that that, that they won't be different so i'm dealing with the higher numbers because you can come back and say well tony their whole family and all their friends joined their business (laughs) that's a rarity that's like that's like seeing bigfoot it's like a, a sighting of you actually saw Bigfoot when that happens. Because <laughs> it really doesn't happen that way. It, just, it doesn't. And so, you know, when you the reality is you have to prepare people uh, mentally to be able to deal with the things that's going to happen and be able to, you know, to get back up and keep going. So she says here, um, this is why we teach falling and failing up front. In fact, in our organization, we teach falling as part of courage building during courage building onboarding. It's our way of saying we expect you to be brave. That means that you should expect to fall. we got a plan. <sighs> you should expect to be rejected. You should be, you should understand that those things are going to happen to you. There's no way around it. The only only way that you're not going to get rejected in anything outside of the box is that you don't do anything. And I'm not just saying a, a person that has a business in sales. I'm saying a person that's doing anything outside of the status quo, outside of the norm. Whatever you're doing, you don't even have to be prospecting people. You just could be doing something on your own, minding your own business, but it's not in line with what the 95% says. And so now you're gonna get a lot of negativity. A lot of people talking about you. A lot of whispering. All of that. Man, I couldn't read all of that. I don't know what (laughs) that text you sent me. I couldn't read all of that. So you said that's what you sent me based on the book. I don't, I don't understand that text, sir. But um, she says here, you gotta have, you gotta be able to deal with that. We expect you to be brave. That's why the merits of failing and falling have received some global attention in the last couple of years. She said, I seldom see the fall forward or fail fast slogans put into practice alongside actual reset skills and honest rumbles about the shame that almost always accompanies failure. Mere slogans without teaching skills and putting systems in place are a half-assed attempt to normalize the leads, people thinking, God, this is painful, but I think I'm supposed to feel innovative. Nah, I have shame about feeling shame. <laughs> Better keep that a secret. So she says, today with millennials making 35% of American labor force, the largest in represented generation, teaching how to embrace failure as a learning opportunity is even more important. It's even more important that you talk about it. She said, I've been in university classrooms for 20 years, and I've observed that the resilience and bounce of some students have, de- have decreased while the exposure to trauma for other students have increased. So on one hand, we were constantly intervening, constantly fixing, constantly helping some kids. As the head of my son's school said, many parents have gone from helicopter parents to lawnmower parents. Instead of preparing the child for the path, we prepare the path for the child. (laughs) That's what a lot of folks try to do in business. Try to prepare the path for them, and you can't. People have to go into that fight and deal with it. You can't try to prepare something for somebody and keep them from getting the rejection and all the everything that goes along with it. And she has a, a number of things in this chapter that we're going to talk about like I said next week. And so, you know, but as for today, I'm kind of just that's the part that I wanted to really emphasize um is that we have to be we have to understand that you can't sugarcoat stuff You just can't. She says, my experience that the millennials and the genders lean in and learn hard. They're starving for the ability to put courage into practice. Now, I understand. I know who I'm talking to. I know I'm not talking to millennials on this call. I already know that, which is a challenge in itself just in that because we've been thinking one way for for such a long period of time. So she says, here's the bottom line. If we don't have the skills to get back up, if we don't have the, the mindset, the mental toughness to do that, we're not going to even risk failing. We're not going to take that risk. We're not even going to try. And if we're brave enough Often enough, we're definitely going to fall because if we keep going, we're going to fall eventually. You keep talking to people, you're going to fall. It's just what happens. She says the research participants who have the highest level of resilience can get back up after disappointment or fall, and they are more courageous and tenacious as a result of it. They do that with the process that I call learning to rise, and that's, that's the kind of thing we're going to be talking about next week has three parts to it, the reckoning, the rumble, and the revolution. Some of y'all who read the whole book, <laughs> which I'm sure, yeah, I don't know how many read the whole book, you know about, at least you read on the reckoning, the rumble, and the revolution. If you read the whole book, but if you didn't, we're going to be talking about that next week, folks. Yep, we're going to be talking about that next week if you didn't. Um, and understand that. You know, this process, man, is no joke, that you can't sugarcoat everything. You have to go through the fire. You have to go through the fire for you to win. You just have to. All right, so I'll get a text. He says, folks refuse to accept, that 95% are always going to quit. And we keep, as Jim Rohn said, taking that course. Yep. That's true. For some reason we think that we can, you know, get the 95. I don't know. Uh uh-uh, uh there's I, I don't I don't know if that's the case, uh but um Let me see here. Hold on a second. Um. On one second. Send that text again, man. I want to I want to make sure I can cuz I want to read the whole thing before we wrap up the call. The whole the, the whole text that you I want to read this that question at least. Um uh, Before we wrap up the call today. And if anybody else got another question about the book that they might have a you know, you might have a question you want me to answer, I'll do that right quick. If you if you uh send it to me. Any question about it. Any question about it. <laughs> and Valerie, I just sent you uh what I was looking for. I didn't get the other stuff, though. I didn't get that other stuff. Let me look here. All right, so here's the question. I think you sent that whole question to me. Let me see here. Boy, that's a long question. All right, I'm going to try to read it here. All right. Wow. All right, so Tony, now Preacher Man said this long question here. Let's see if I can can get it. Uh, So, Tony, do you think people should enter our profession of relationship marketing, direct sales, Um, if they don't understand this, all right? Here's an illustration. If I take a guy who has high blood pressure, high cholesterol, high everything, he's feeling horrible, has heart disease and no energy, and I hire him a world-renowned vegan chef to come to his home to prepare vegan meals with the best flavors for 120 days, and in four months, Even though his blood pressure, cholesterol, and everything else would most likely normalize, he would be feeling his best once the chef leaves. Okay? He's going to go back to eating the meat, the sugar, the dairy, and everything else that made him feel bad. And that's just how the majority of people are. Do you think that people should enter the profession if they don't understand that from day one? Well... Here's the thing. They're not going to understand it from day one because they don't even understand that they do that. That's the problem. If we had people that understood that from day one, that they're going to go back to doing what they normally do until this thing becomes um, on automatic for them themselves, even themselves. Not just not just people in general. I mean, everybody. We go back to what is normal for us. We fall back into what, unless that programming is, is in you for a while. That's why I'd say when, when you finish high school, I think the powers that be say, okay, let me see you change that because I just gave you 12 years of programming. That one book you read, those few little things are not going to change this. You gotta get intense about it, or not you're gonna fall right back to what you've been doing. It's like you see people that start and they they'll read for a couple of months they'll they'll make calls for a couple of months or whatever, and then they fall back hey look <laughs> you ever got you ever got pulled over for speeding and you know. Either, you know, he might let you go or he might write you a ticket. What happens after that? After the cop pulls off, you start driving at, um you know, at the right speed, right? You start driving, you're not speeding at all. Give it about 20 more minutes. <laughs> you're going to get right back. You're going to get right back <laughs> to, to where you were. You're going to get right back. <laughs> you will going to get back to speeding again because you're going to fall right back into your normal driving pattern. You know, that's what you do. We fall back into doing normally what we do. That's why it's a high number count. That's why it's an extremely high number count. I didn't get none of the, uh, the clips. Let me think. Let me see here. That's why it's an a, extremely high number count, because you have to keep doing it over and over until it becomes a part of you. That's why people fall back, because it never... Becomes a part of them. Um, it takes a while for it to become a part of you. You understand? You know, it takes. I mean, you—it's repetition. You got to be living that life, man. You got to be doing that thing over and 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 over, and over for, for. You know, see, I hate to say it because it scares people. For some years, you got to change your environment. You got to do a lot of things. I only got one clip, Valor, just that. Hmm, that's interesting. I'm looking. Yeah, you got to do things over and 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 over. For for a few years. It, you know, it's hard for me to say years because I'm afraid that everybody's going to run. <laughs> I can't do that. Because you did it for 12. You did it for 12, but that's it. Hold on a second. You didn't do it as much as you know. Um, you didn't do it as much as you, the time that you've been, you know, programmed to uh, to think the way that you think. Is that understandable? Because I don't I don't know if 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 people really get that. I mean I mean you should why 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 do we not get that? Tell me that. Why do we not get that? Why do you think we don't get that? Can somebody respond to that one? Why do you think we don't get that? Why why do we don't understand that it takes that long a period of time to do that? Somebody said we don't want to get it. That's what it is. Is that what it is? We don't want to get it. We got a lottery mentality. Okay, we got a lottery mentality. Yeah, I mean, so you know what that means, right? That's why we—I always say we got to go through the numbers. We have to go through the numbers because who's going? If we're not getting it. So you got to go to the next person. If they're not getting, they got to go to the next person. Y'all feeling me on that? I hope so. Put put an eight in it. Put an eight in the chat. <laughs> if y'all feeling me on that, put an eight in the chat. Okay, <laughs> okay, I got some people feeling me now. Okay, <laughs> I got some people feeling me. All right, we we're gonna wrap it up, man. I know y'all y'all like. Uh, you're coming too hard, man. Nah, I'm just kind of, you know, as they say, telling you the truth, bringing it, bringing it real. All right, I got some mystery voices, man. So we'll, we'll go, we'll go that route. We'll go that route. Let's see here. Uh, yeah, I got a few. We'll go that route. that will be easier for you, right? <laughs> That would be easy for you. So let me put this on here. Hold on a second. So today is uh, Saturday, so that means we're going to do the cash today, man. You're going to get the cash. The cash out today, you're going to get it as soon as you tell me these voices. Let me see if I can find it right quick. Hold on what I got here. I'm working with – how many I got? I got one, two – three, four, how many is it, okay, it's one, what is that, Uh, let me go back, hold on a second, I think I got, I think I got five, so it should be, Okay. I have six. Let's say I got five or 6 Let's see, one, two, three, four, five. Okay, I got five. All right, here's the first one. Y'all tell me who this is.
3: <clears throat> I have because um, I'm, I'm a Christian, believe in Jesus Christ, Buddha is not, he's not God. He was a great teacher, but you say Buddha, you bring up Buddha to a lot of Christians and they freak out. Mm-hmm. I've got Buddha. I, I wish I would've taken you to my office. I've got Buddha sayings mm-hmm. on my glass. I write a lot on my glass. Mm-hmm. I just started reading the teachings of Buddha. Mm-hmm. He got it. He got it. He got, got, got it. it.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. You know,
3: if more of us would look and say, "Okay, what can I get from what can I get from the great teachers?" Mm-hmm. I get my salvation from Jesus, mm-hmm. but can I learn any of the peacefulness mm-hmm. from Buddha? The reflection and the the shedding of materialism of want really good. Mm, absolutely,
0: <laughs> but he, he he's right. Well, you tell you talk to Christian about Buddha. Yeah, like you just talked about the devil or something, man. He's like <laughs> it's like what can I get from Buddha? I gotta tell me who that is, though. I'm gonna do it again.
3: I have, because um, I'm I'm a Christian, mm-hmm. believe in Jesus Christ. Buddha is not he's not God. He was a great teacher. Right. But you say Buddha, you bring up Buddha to a lot of Christians and they freak out. Mm. I've got Buddha, I I wish I would have taken you to my office. I've got Buddha sayings Mm. on my glass, I write a lot on my glass. Mm -hmm. I just started reading the teachings of Buddha.
1: Mm.
3: He got it. He got it. He He got it. it.
1: Absolutely. You
3: know, If more of us would look and say, okay, what can I get from, what can I get from the great teachers? Mm -hmm. I get my salvation from Jesus. Mm can I learn any of the peacefulness mm. from Buddha, the reflection and the the shedding of materialism, of want? It'd be really good. Mm, absolutely.
0: <laughs> Nobody got that one? <laughs> I'm going to come back to it there. Let's move on to the next one. I'm not going to throw it away. I'll come back to it. All right? Let's see here.
4: But in the middle of it, he said, can I give you a hug? And I'm thinking, well, I mean, we're in the middle of the show. I can't say no. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to say no, but, uh, you know, my mother taught me better than that. So I said, sure. And when he hugged me, it was literally uh, one of uh, the most genuine hugs that I ever received in my entire life. And it just started healing me from the inside. And from there, little simple things, like I'd be on an airplane, and I'm getting my coat out of um, the bin at the top, and a gentleman would say, can I help you with that? A white gentleman. So God was putting white men intentionally in my path. Good white men.
3: I like it, I like it.
4: But you know why this is so important? Because we can have experiences, negative experiences, and we can interpret things in a negative way about um, people in general, a group of people, and it's a broad stroke. And so, you know, I, I hated white people. And so God had to heal me, and he now ha- has shown me and helped me to see people through the eyes of, of God. Mm.
0: Preacher, man, you've got to do a little better than that. You're close, but there you go. Okay. <laughs> Boy, we got two answers here. <laughs> One was from Kim, Cheryl Underwood, which is the comedian. Now, she got saved? Right? Is she is she like a is she like a Christian comedian now or something? Um, but that's not the answer. Preacher man got the answer, so that means I get to keep my money. But I'm going to play it one more time so y'all can hear it.
4: And in the middle of it, he said, can I give you a hug? And I'm thinking, well, I mean, we're in the middle of the show. I can't say no. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to say no. But, uh, you know, my mother taught me better than that. So I said, sure. And when he hugged me, it was literally uh, one of... Uh, the most genuine hugs that I ever received in my entire life. And it just started healing me from the inside. And from there, little simple things, like I'd be on an airplane and I'm getting my coat out of um, the bed at the top and a gentleman would say, can I help you with that, a white gentleman? So God was putting white men intentionally in my path. Good white men.
0: I like it, I like it.
4: <laughs> but you know why this is so important? Because we can have experiences, negative experiences, and we can interpret things in a negative way about um, people in general, a group of people, and it's a broad stroke. And so, you know, I, I hated white people. And so God had to heal me, and he now ha- has shown me and helped me to see people through the eyes of, of God.
0: All right, so Preacher Man got that. Now, Kim said Preacher Man and her are on the same team, so I can just send the prize money to her. <laughs> uh-uh. That, <laughs> that ain't what Preacher, Preacher Man stands alone. You don't want to be on the team with him because he's radical. He's a radical dude, you know. <laughs> you want to have your name attached to Preacher Man or tell him what he might say. So, <laughs> But the answer is... Dr. Bernice King, that's Martin Luther King's daughter. Come on now. Y'all don't know who Dr. Bernice King is. Wow. All these... I'm not going to say anything. All right. All right, here's another one. You ready?
1: Can't complain. Um, Family's healthy. Um, Talk to my mom every day. My pops every day. Um... Everybody's good. My, my brother, he's in law enforcement. He's in Cleveland, so he's kind of still on the streets, and he's got, a, he's got his essential job to do. Um, but he's good. Him and his daughter are good. Um, so the immediate family as well. My global family, I know a lot of people are suffering. Um, the economy has is, is collapsed in many ways. A lot of people have lost their, their livelihoods. Um, but... I always try to see opportunity in these problems. And I think there is a lot of opportunity for growth, for evolution, for change, for for stillness, for taking this time of social distancing and going inward. Um, So I think it's a great opportunity for people. And we're going to see a lot come out of this. Mm. Um, I was talking to my brother the other day, and he told me a fact that I didn't know. He said during the Great Depression, the – uh, the life expectancy went up by, like, seven years or something like that. I was like, what? <laughs> so there's a lot of good that can also come out of these, these terrible uh, on-the-surface situations. And uh, I think all of us can only be catalysts. We can do the best that we can with what we have.
0: Well, y'all slow this morning, man. What's up? <laughs> wow. At least some people were trying. Now, what I'm gonna do next week? I'm gonna play next week. Everyone, see, Valerie sent me some too, and then I realized Valerie ain't my buddy because everyone she sent, I know y'all can get. Y'all just she just giving away my money. I just know <laughs> everyone. I'm gonna play them, and I promise you, if y'all don't get it, I'm gonna send the money to Valerie. I'm like she sent me these. I'm like, come on. Everybody knows those voices. I'm gonna play them next week. I promise you and i and I, and if any of y'all do not get' them, like on the first thirty seconds, I'm sending the money to her. <laughs> like she's not my friend don't I can't believe you said these <laughs> all right nobody nobody can get down to do it again. Here we go.
1: Can't complain um family's healthy um talk to my mom every day my pops every day um everybody's good my, my brother he's in law enforcement he's in Cleveland so he's kind of still on the streets and he's got a, he's got his essential job to do um but he's good him and his daughter are good um so the immediate family as well my global family I know a lot of people are suffering um The economy has collapsed in many ways. A lot of people have lost their their livelihoods. Um, But I always try to see opportunity in these problems. And I think there is a lot of opportunity for growth, for evolution, for change, for for stillness, for taking this time of social distancing and going inward. Um, So I think it's a great opportunity for people. And we're going to see a lot come out of this. Mm -hmm. Um, I was talking to my brother the other day, and he told me a fact that I didn't know. He said during the Great Depression, the the life expectancy went up by, like, seven years or something like that. I was like, what? (laughs) So there's a lot of good that can also come out of these these terrible uh, on-the-surface situations. And uh, I think all of us can only be catalysts. We can do the best that we can with what we have.
0: And I gave you all 60 seconds. Somebody said Shamar Moore and what Tammy said, Kim said Russell Wilson. <laughs> Come on, preacher man, I see you typing something. Give me something. Give me something, Preacher Man. You get this one. A lot of y'all guys listen to this dude, you know, he you know, he does he does like videos. No, no, he does like videos on YouTube. So that's a hint. He does, like, videos on YouTube, and he won, like, one of those, you know, how can you say? I I can't say what kind. He's not a motivational speaker, but he he does inspirational stuff. (laughs) Not Joe Budden. Come on. All right. The guy name is Prince EA. So if y'all don't know who Prince EA is, Google him and go look at his videos on YouTube. He's one of those inspirational guys and, you know, the world is great and, you know, all his you know, got his hat on backwards, you know. He's, y'all know who Prince EA is. Come on now, everybody. he got a lot of, you know, video shares out there. Y'all pull him up. Check him out. Prince EA. So y'all didn't get that. God, I thought I thought everybody, especially the ladies, would get that because, you know, it's a lot of, y'all don't know who he is? Tell me, tell the truth. Y'all don't know who Prince E.A. is? Preacher, man, you don't know who that is? Tammy says, oh, yeah, he was one of my, he was one of my birthday, what? <laughs> he was one of my birthday. Renee said, absolutely not. Y'all don't know who Prince See, that's That's one of y'all problems. Y'all don't know who Prince E.A. is. See, so you need to get out there <laughs> and check out who Prince E.A. He has some good stuff to say, man. That's y'all, that, I see now that's one of the problems. <laughs> so um, I still haven't given away anything. Damn. Okay. All right. Here go one here.
5: a lot you know i had seen what's going on atlanta i told you we were right in the thick of things uh there were protests going on everywhere it was on the news so i would look out my window Brooks, all books yeah that. like i would look out my window i could literally see the protests happening and then i would look on the tv screen and be like dang like atlanta is really like so for me i was like "Yo, i need to be a part of this like i i feel it like and i would talk to my my parents and my mom was actually in detroit during the detroit riots and so she was telling me like, baby, I think this one feels different. And I'm like, why? You know, and I'm asking her all kinds of questions. Like, why is this one different? And she's like, look at the crowd. Right. You know, when we did our thing, it was all minorities, like all black people. Right now, all we colors. see, yeah. And so she kept telling me like, I think this one is different. I'm like, yo, I need to be a part of this movement. Like, let's, how do we pour gasoline on it?
0: Alicia Keys. Nope. Uh, Portia Williams. I don't know who that is. Nope. Okay, I'm going to do it again.
5: A lot. You know, I had seen what's going on. In Atlanta, I told you, we were... Right in the thick of things. Uh, There were protests going on everywhere. It was on the news. So I would look out my window. Shaw books, all that. Yeah. Like, I would look out my window. I could literally see the protests happening, and then I would look on the TV screen and be like, dang, like, Atlanta is really... Like, so, for me, I was like, yo, I need to be a part of this. Like, I I feel it. Like, and I would talk to my, my parents, and my mom was actually in Detroit during the Detroit riots, and so she was telling me, like, baby, I think this one feels different. And I'm like, why? You know, and I'm asking her all kinds of questions. Like, why is this one different? And she's like look at the crowd right. you know when we did our thing it was all minorities like all black people right now all we colors. see yeah and so she kept telling me like i think this one is different i'm like yo i need to be a part of this movement like let's how do we pour gasoline on it
0: wow i can't believe you don't get that one preacher man i'm loving this so that's renee montgomery The sister who owns the WNBA team in Atlanta, she does the Hawks, you know, conversation after the game. 34 years old. She's the first, I think, first female to own a WNBA team, be part owner of a W. She actually bought out the half that, uh, what's the lady name last year that got, she, that was running against, uh, she kept calling my man Radical, uh, Loffler. Because Loffler owned the WMA team, and she actually bought out her share of it because they felt like she wasn't, you know, really helping the team or really believing in the team. So I can't believe y'all don't know who Renee Montgomery is. Man. Boy. All right. You, okay. okay. I'm going to go back to the other one, and then I'm going to do the last one, and it's done for the day. This is the first one I did. Y'all couldn't figure this one out. I'm surprised
3: Preacher, man, You ain't have, got this. I um, because I'm, I'm a Christian. Mm-hmm. He had a TV Please show. Jesus Christ, Buddha like a is news not, TV show kind of. he's not God. He was a great teacher. Sorry. But you say Buddha, you bring up Buddha to a lot of Christians, and they freak out. Mm-hmm. I've got Buddha, I, I wish I would have taken you to my office. I've got Buddha sayings mm-hmm. on my glass. I write a lot on my glass. Mm-hmm. I just started reading the teachings of Buddha. Mm-hmm. He got it. He got it. He got, got, it. got it.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. You
3: know, if more of us would look and say, okay, what can I get from what can I get from the great teachers? Mm-hmm. I get my salvation from Jesus. Mm-hmm. But can I learn any of the peacefulness mm-hmm. from Buddha, mm-hmm. the reflection and the the shedding of materialism, of want? Mm-hmm. Be really good. Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
0: You were close, Preacher, man. You got Shepard Smith. Nope, that was Glenn Beck. Can't believe that, man. You don't know what Glenn Beck is. All right, here's the last one. This is a layup for y'all. Now, I'm going to give you this. This is a layup. Everybody should get this one. Somebody should win at least. All right.
6: Oh, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to give it to you raw. Um, I grew up in the, it very early. I grew up in a household that had some violence attached to it. And because I couldn't harm the man that was violent, uh, physically violent to my mother and so occasionally to myself, uh, when somebody challenged me uh, as a kid, I did the most. It wasn't just a fight. It was brutal. And I remember thinking, if I don't collect this, I'm going to go to jail or I'm going to kill somebody. And early on, I found, that I found a lot of ways not to be so, you know, rah, rah with it.
3: Because okay. I
6: don't, yeah, because I just, that part of myself, uh, the, the child that couldn't defend my mother or myself, it still exists. So I try my best to keep it real easy because I don't want to hurt nobody like that.
0: <laughs> I'm going to do it again. I thought y'all would get this one.
6: Oh, I'm going to tell you. I'm going I'm to give it to you raw. Um, I grew up in the, it very early. I grew up in a household that had some violence attached to it. And because I couldn't harm the man that was violent, uh, physically violent to my mother and so occasionally to myself, uh, when somebody challenged me uh, as a kid, I did the most. It wasn't just a fight. It was brutal. And I remember thinking, if I don't collect this, I'm going to go to jail or I'm going to kill somebody. And early on, I found a, I found a lot of ways not to be so, you know, rah-rah with it because okay. I don't, yeah, because I just, that part of myself, uh, the, the child that couldn't defend my mother or myself, it still exists. So I try my best to keep it real easy. Because I don't want to hurt nobody like that.
0: <laughs> I'm going to give you a hint. She's a singer. And this is the last time we play this. this is the last time. And we done. Who's Latoya? No, it's not Latoya.
6: Oh, I'm going to tell you... I'm going I'm to give it to you raw. Um, I grew up in the, it very early. I grew up in a household that had some violence attached to it. And because I couldn't harm the man that was violent, uh, physically violent to my mother and so occasionally to myself, uh, when somebody challenged me uh, as a kid, I did the most. It wasn't just a fight. It was brutal. And I remember thinking, if I don't collect this, I'm going to go to jail or I'm going to kill somebody. And early on, I found that I found a lot of ways not to be so, you know, rah-rah with it. Because okay. I don't, yeah, because I just, that part of myself, Uh, the the child that couldn't defend my mother or myself, it still exists. So I try my best to keep it real easy because I don't want to hurt nobody like that.
0: (laughs) Keep it real easy because I don't want to hurt nobody like that.
6: All right,
0: so y'all can't get it. I ain't going to get it. I'm going to wrap it up today, though. I'm going to play a play. one of her songs matter of fact my partner calls this song the her video the most what he said, he says the most elegant ratchet video he's ever seen. If you can put elegant and ratchet together, uh <laughs> she's not a rapper. Nope. 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 <laughs> We're going to put Elegant and Ratchet. He said this is the most Elegant and Ratchet video he's ever seen. Now, not, ra- <laughs> not Ratchet like today Ratchet. There's a little bit more, you know, Elegant Ratchet. But <laughs> it's probably my favorite song by her besides, you know, the one that everybody does. But... All right, we out of here, folks. Y'all have a great day, and I'm going to play this so y'all all all know who this is. And her name is Jill. Oh, Jill, get the phone. Hello? Hello? Hello?
2: Hello? What do you Oh, you're Sister girl, I know you don't understand, but you're going to have to understand, he's my man now. What you had is gone. Our thing is sweet, our thing is stronger than any lie you can tell on me. He knows my heart, and that's the part, your roots are dug up, so you might as well give up. I see your intention, you can't handle it. Truth. He let you go a long time ago. Now it's time to turn and lose. getting in way You're getting in my way. Away, what I'm You're getting in. should not swing if you know what I mean But I'm about to take my rings off Get me some Vaseline